Hey there. Welcome to the in-between. Glad to have you. Um, it is just me and Chris today. Um, most of the staff has taken some family time. That's right. But not us. We're 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 devoted to Jesus, not our families. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if that's how that works, but you want to explain devotion real quick since, <laughs> yeah. since I just, you know, totally botched it. It totally butchered it. <laughs> Yeah, devotion, that's the trick we used to play on students we trained about devotion was they would say something, they'd come up with some definition like wholehearted pursuit. Mm-hmm. Um, and you'd strong, go, okay, strong ooh, definition. that's a strong definition. And you'd go, okay, so you're saying wholehearted would mean I can only be devoted to one thing then. I mean, if it's yeah. wholehearted, I can't have wholehearted for more than one thing, right? And so... So then you go, okay, so if that's the case, perfect. Then then you could say I should be devoted to God, but not devoted to my wife, then because I can only be devoted to one thing, and they would all panic and Oh no, Trouble. oh no, because you have to be able to devote it to your kids and your church and your friends and your wife and your oh no. And then we teach them that devotion is a umbrella concept, it's a cascading concept. To if you are devoted to God, then you are by definition devoted to your wife, for example, because you can't be devoted to God without being devoted to the things he calls you to be devoted to. So I'm convinced, Chris, because yeah. I was I was edging around Pine Cove. Like I was I was at Pine Cove, but I was a year too old uh for the young guns. Um and I I wasn't like especially at the beginning, it was such a like you were um the young guns were like not many people knew that that program was happening when it was first happening. Oh yeah, that's for sure. So I wouldn't have been in it anyway, but um, I'm, I'm convinced that I, God was just protecting me because I would not have handled a lot that of that kind of stuff. Well, the way that that was taught <laughs> well, because it's, it's such a gotcha. Like, yeah. Uh, panic. Yep. Everything you know is ro- No, it's not. Nope. You were dead <laughs> on right. You just, it, the whole that whole program, I mean, I, not that's not the entire piece of it, but one right, hard piece no, of the Bible study close. certainly was you need to be prepared to be challenged on what you think, to defend what you think, and mm-hmm. to 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 be able to talk about talk through it, and that's because they they were all about to head off to college, mm-hmm. and a lot of them, I remember Grant Seifried sending me some of his stuff from. Uh, where he went to school for his freshman year. And what, what it was just Aggie? unreal. Huh? Wasn't he an Aggie? No, no. Grant was like at Norfolk, if I remember correctly. He was Cypher? in Virginia, I think year one. Oh. At least year one. I'm thinking I think I've got the right person in mind. Okay. So he um yeah, it was a it was it was so impressive how anti God. Um the curriculum was at this school. That depressive. Yeah, <laughs> it was wild. Anyway, hey guys, we're we're at the end. This is this is the final. This is the final podcast. Is it on First Samuel? On First Samuel. That's see so how, true. See how I clickbaited you. That's right. Everybody was on the wait. What? And now you're listening. So we can, that needs to be on the video, like the yeah. final episode. The final episode. And people click on it like. Dot 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 on First Samuel. On First Samuel, suckers. Yep, it um, is though. 
I, I mean, it's what a tough a, one. What a downer. Yeah, First Samuel. It's intriguing. Uh, we're we're going to be dealing with stuff we don't like talking about as Americans. Of course, uh, we don't like talking about death. We don't, we don't like, like talking, talking about, about defeat. We don't, we don't like we don't talking like about stuff. suicide. We no. don't like talking about any of this. And so that's going to be, um, you know, my plan is to read through the whole passage, and then we're actually going to read through um, uh, Hannah's prayer mm. at the beginning um, yeah. uh, in First Samuel, all the way back to First Samuel chapter two, because mm-hmm. it is fascinating how this is a the book started with a family coming to worship at the tabernacle, and it ends with a battle um, in the field, in the Valley of Jezreel. It starts with God hearing the prayer of a faithful woman and God refusing to honor a king who would not, who honored himself above God. Mm-hmm. It begins with the birth of a prophet, priest, and judge, and it ends with the death of a king. And it's it's really, the way the, way the story is told is, is so... Book ended with these things hmm. that it, you you start First Samuel with such hope, you know, and <coughs> here we are at the end. <coughs> By the way, how many days are there till Christmas? I need to look that up. I have no idea. I mean, we're not even in. I I start counting on December first. How many? That makes it easy. <laughs> yeah, thirty four days. Right now. Apparently. Okay, so not 34 days when people are listening, but somewhere That's under right. 34 days. So 34, 33, 32, 31, 30, 29 on Sunday. 29 on Sunday. Right. Okay. So, um, yeah, we're going we're gonna to pass through that. Um, we're going to go through the 13 verses of this passage, mm-hmm. show, spot some of the things that, are, that we're probably supposed to see but that are hard for us especially as westerners 3000 years later to see but and anytime we talk about these hard passages you got to remember description mhm this is describing what happened this is not prescribing right. like it's not one for one there's always oh, no. an application yeah. there's always a way for us to look at the whole of scripture or yeah look at this scripture in light of the whole of scripture right and be able to tell what God is doing um, and what what he would have of us. But like the idea that there's going to be because cosmic it happened, truths yeah, here because it happened in the Bible. That's what God wants to happen in our lives. It's like, no, n- no, <laughs> gosh, <laughs> gosh, no, not even close. Um, so this is this is a tough one. Um, and as you, as you read it, I think you're going to you're going to find the tough pretty easily. Oh, um, yeah. We don't need to point it out. We're, we're going to talk. A little bit about suicide. We probably won't spend a lot of time there, but no, it's in the passage. We need to mm-hmm. unpack it a little bit, and so we will. And we've talked about suicide, so yeah, in detail in um, the past. I can think of two, yeah, at least two sermons, sermons that we really that emphasized it. So, um, you know, some ways to engage with this, um, and then and then we're going to end on the high note of uh, talking about death, and and that's a Again, a topic that we're not excited about in America. There's certain things we like to just deny and pretend like they don't happen. And and so, um, but we're going to, because 
it, so I, I'll just have to reference. This is one of those deals where I wasn't sure how to talk about it, like how to get into it. And I knew I wanted to talk about your you're ending kind of in a biography. And so anytime you yeah. read a biography, you, you kind of grieve by definition that you're eating the end of the biography, you're reading the death of the person. That's how it ends. And so there's a sense in which Unless first it's Samuel, an autobiography, <laughs> right? Um, the first, there's a sense in which, you know, you, you think first Samuel is going to be a biography of Samuel, but it's mm-hmm. not, it's really ends up being a biography of Saul. Mm-hmm. And so we end with Saul's death. And, and so I want us to take time and think about the truth that we're, we're going to die. That mm-hmm. is a, and, and I was like, how do I capture that? How do I really encapsulate that? So I've been writing and, and I just didn't feel that bite into mm-hmm. it that I wanted. And so I'd kind of settled. I started listening to some other pastors preach on this. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, we've talked about before that every once in a while, you know, I, I like Alistair Begg. He, he was a little, I don't know, too theologically or too judgy when he was younger, I think. But in his older age, I think as his heart began to open in new ways, it's really a beautiful thing to see. Mm-hmm. And I can identify with that. And watching... He's pastored a lot longer now. Yeah, man. Yeah. Well, his... There's a concept that I can tell hits him. And I can... I mean, one of them I've been watching, you know, been watching through most of his sermons on First Samuel at some point. And, and one of them is definitely... That he's 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 wrestling with this. I've been delivering these basic truths to you now for many many years, and some of you aren't hearing me. Mm-hmm. And that clearly grabs his heart. And he he focuses in on this one word that I'm gonna I'm not gonna spend a lot of time on it, but it creates a beautiful transition. And that is that it does not say um, in the in the English translation. Um, go back. In verse 5, and when his armor bearer saw that Saul was dead, he also fell upon his sword and died with him. Verse 6, it doesn't then say, then Saul died. It says, thus Saul died. Mm-hmm. And and he, that was, I was like, when as soon as he said that, I was like, there it is. That's that's what I want to connect to. It It isn't just, I mean, then Saul died. Yeah, well, that's everybody. But How? Yeah. What what does that what does that look like? Thusly. Yeah, thusly he died. And it's just it's just the Hebrew word that it's wa. It just means like and and or therefore or the or thus. But it's interesting that the that the English translators made it thus. This is how. This is in this way he died, and his three sons, and his armor bearer, and all his men on the same day altogether. And it's just a it it's intriguing that he We've said before, I've said before, that you know the most noble thing we see Saul do after about the first few days of our introduction to him is that he doesn't hide in the baggage on this day. Yeah. And and he, having been told, you're He's going to die. die, he still goes into battle. And, you know, it, uh, there's a chance that's denial and defiance, that like, uh, but I have a hard time, I don't feel it that way. I don't feel this passage as Saul going... Are we not men? You know, I, I see it as this is what's happening. This is what's going to happen. Yeah, I there's to me. I think what we've seen in Saul in Saul's life in Saul in the way that Saul has handled everything is that Saul is not a, unaware of God. Right. Saul knows that God is right. Is he knows that he is, um, and and maybe like this is a little bit horrifying to those of us that have been Christians 
for decades. Like Saul knows that God exists. He has that knowledge in his head, but Saul's faith is still in Saul. That's right. Fundamentally, that's right. And I think so, so like he he doesn't know another way. You know, it's almost like, well, what, I mean, what else are you going to do? You got to go, this is what's expected. This is what we got to do. Like, this is what right. I got to, you know, we'll go see if God's wrong. But, I mean, that's not who he is. It's not, it's not that Saul doesn't believe that it's about to happen. I think that he just doesn't, he still at this point does not know how to put his faith in God. Yep. And... Like, I just, wow. Like, that's that's scary to me because Saul has spent his, in, not his entire life, but his grown life with all of the, uh, he could have spent his entire, like, adult life at Samuel's feet. That's right. He could have spent his entire adult life trying to figure out how to worship God with every breath that he took. Right. And he didn't. Right. He he felt like he needed to figure he, out what He what was surrounded by was. some of the greatest men yeah. in history and some of the godliest men in history and somehow mm-hmm. he avoided being impacted by them. Yeah. Which is like that's terrifying because that can happen to any of us. Oh my gosh. We can we can go through our entire life. We can know everything there is to know about the Bible and who God is and everything like that and still choose to put our faith in ourselves. Yep. And that's that's a terrifying reality for me who's been given so much knowledge right. of God or about God. Um actually knowing him is a different thing. And I think what we see in David is someone who knows God, even though he doesn't always do the right thing. He's a human. He he just doesn't just know about God. He knows of God. He is experiencing right. what it means to see God working on his behalf or just in the world in general and to be humbled by that and... I I I don't really know what I'm trying to say here. It's it it is an impressive difference between these two men. Yep. And it's not because one of them is better than the other. No, I agree. Yep. It it's it is one of them turns to God mm-hmm. in the worst times. Like we've talked about <clears throat> sorry, we talked about in last chapter. I think clearly chapter thirty and chapter thirty one are meant to be like mirrors where here you have the same, very similar stories told two different ways. Yeah. Um, the enemies of Israel have taken a part of Israel. Yeah. David responds, Saul responds, and one of them finds his strength in the Lord, and the other one talks to witches. Mm-hmm. And it's a... Um, it's, it's pretty heartbreaking. Isn't it interesting how... I mean, you said this before. I don't want to pretend like this is whatever but i just want to looking at this map again like isn't it interesting that saul has to sneak around the philistines to get to endor yeah like he's got to go around the the army that is in front of him 
in order to get to it's not like this isn't a heroic thing like the actual act the what he does to get to the bad place right is like impressive it reminds me kind of of Jonathan climbing up the <laughs> yeah exactly uh other side of the um ravine and like hey maybe God's for us like at the, when he when when Saul is at Endor He's on the backside of the Philistines' army. Right. Yeah, he worked his way all the way around them, through them, something. As a Which is king right. and someone who is, I don't know, preparing for battle, if you have the ability to get on the other side of the enemy's like line, that seems like something you would take, I don't know, Half of your men and go do. Yeah, if you've got capability of doing it with three, could you do it with more? Yeah, I don't know. That's like, a good question. Go. <laughs> Maybe God would have told him to do that. Hey, um, actually, you know how there's that secret path that you know about that goes around around them. Yep. Because again, we we will see in no wait judges. We have already seen. Yeah. Gideon defeat several. I mean, a hundred thousand Midianites in this same location with three hundred men. Yeah. So God, God doesn't need. He doesn't need numbers. He doesn't need what he needs is faithful. And I mean, just what he's looking for is faithful men. Academically, like the Philistines have brought themselves out of the place that they know on the coast. They've come all the way up over into um, northern Israel, right? Or I guess Israel. Yep. Um, and this Valley of Jezreel is something that's inside of. Yeah, they go up north of Carmel and then down Mount Carmel and then down through the yeah, so all the way down apparently to Betshan, like almost to the Jordan River. So like we down to, to Gilboa and Betshan. Like these these people know this land. Yep, they're they're fighting at home. Yeah, I don't know. The whole thing to me is just rough. But again, yep. There you go. It's not that any of that tactic would have been what God needed. He he has what he needs. You know, as we, over the years, one of the things as a pastor that's been interesting, obviously I love doing weddings. Um, I love doing, you know, that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But there is there is something extraordinary about funerals. Yeah. Um, and it's their ability to draw our attention to the reality. And I, it makes me wonder, like, do pastors have, do us pastors have some advantage that, because most of the time we're, we're probably attending three or four times as many funerals as the average person yeah. And is there some advantage that gives us? Yeah. I I think so. I mean, I don't the I feel that advantage. And yeah. I was just a pastor's son. Yeah. It it had more to do with the number of funerals that I've like dad always talks about he's he's done at least twice as many funerals as he's done weddings. Um and I think that uh a lot of us probably that's the same thing. We attend more funerals than we do weddings, but like the constant, like a pastor's constant preparation for like when someone dies, like that, that going back to the like, what are the fundamental truths? Yeah. What, what, where is our hope? And having to not just know that, but preach that over and over and over again, that's got to give you an advantage. Yeah. You would think so. I even like, you know, they one of the things that they discovered in in 
marriage counseling is that people who tell their story, their their marriage story, often, that they're yes. like um, more likely to be happily married. Yeah. Um, and so again, it's that same thing. If if we share the gospel more, if we talk about the gospel more, what does that do for us? Yeah. If we center our lives on what it's supposed to be centered on. Yeah. More. If we, and I think that's. I mean, we just we just got through talking about um, this Sunday and devoted Sunday, Deuteronomy six. That's exactly what Deuteronomy six is saying. Hmm. You're supposed to, like th- these foundational truths are supposed to be on your lips. Yep. You're supposed to be telling when every like opportunity that you have, <coughs> like what opportunity in life is not included in those <laughs> verses. Every opportunity that you have, you're supposed to be talking about this. Yeah. Because that's what you need. Like we, you know, we can talk all day long about how God, there's a lot of rules. <laughs> there's a lot of like whatever in the Bible telling us what to do. This doesn't feel like freedom. Right. No, every single one of them is for you to live a better life. Like every single one of them impacts you in a good way. Mm-hmm. You just don't want to. We don't want to. We don't want to. It's harder that way. It's harder that way. Why is it harder? <laughs> oh, yep. Anyway. So this is going to be a, it'll be a, um, you know, not a downer, I don't think, but it is a, it's a sobering It's passage. a heck of a way to intro into. Into Advent. Advent. Yes, it is. I mean. I mean, it's, I, in some ways it's perfect. Yeah. I mean, we're going to, we're going to end with the gospel um, one commentator, which I didn't fully grasp this, and I didn't have time to dig into it. He referred to the gospel of the Philistines, and so, which that's interesting. Yeah, I, th- I think it came down to the fact that the Philistines' gospel is about the Philistines, mm-hmm. right? And so, um, which Saul is infected by. Saul has become infected by the gospel of the Philistines rather than um, the gospel Ridding. of Yahweh. Yeah. Um, so, and the truth is, of course, that we believe that death is not the end of life. No. Um, and so... If it is, man, we are to be pitied. Yeah. E- equally to all other humans, though. I mean, like, you know, I mean, what's the what's the point in any of it? Paul it's, says more so. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Paul's Way like, to be... Oh, man. That's right. We invested in totally the wrong things. Yeah. Um, but this is a... A, a very a sobering, yeah, sobering passage, is a which good. I think is the word that I want, which, you know, in America near the holidays, sobering is probably not a bad idea. Especially right after uh, Black Friday. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. All righty. Blessings on you guys. It's going to be it's going to be a tough one, but we hope that you'll uh, still be encouraged. <laughs>